0: Welcome to Season 3 of TASBocast. On this episode, we have a conversation with our board president, Jennifer Land, CFO for Pflugerville ISD, and our own executive director, Tracy Ginsburg, herself a former school district CFO, notably with Round Rock ISD and Fort Bend ISD. And I'm your host, Tom Greer. Chief Communications Officer with TASBO. Okay, Tracy, what? why don't you tell us the good news from this week?
1: I am so excited to report that Karen Smith, CFO of SciFair ISD and a former Taspo president, was elected to, as an ASBO International Director. So she'll be serving on ASBO International Board beginning in January. And she'll be representing not only Texas, but school business officials across the nation. I I don't wanna speak for the board, Jennifer, but I think it's just so exciting.
2: Yeah, I've known Karen for a while, and she is so deserving of this. She'll be a great addition to the ASBO board. Uh, Since her time on the TASBO board, she's done such a great job in her district and just has kept the fire burning. And so I'm really excited to see her step into this new role.
1: I am too. And you know, Texas hasn't had a representative on the ASBO board uh, since Ron Wilson, oh when was he on the board Tom? that was
0: like 20 years ago i think I I, oh,
1: I I was a young thing of course ron was a young thing then if you're listening <laughs> to college, the dream age uh and we have two former presidents uh gerald Brashears and dr ed west who was the first executive director of taspo and as an aside note i've already told karen we're going to start campaigning for vice president shortly
0: Tracy, you'll be in ASBO at their conference, which is mid September. Uh, Jennifer, are you going?
2: Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to celebrating with Karen.
0: What are some of the common concerns across the country that that is the same things for ASBO as they are for people in Texas?
2: You know the the big things that I see is safety. Right? I mean, we all have been shaken by recent events, and safety has come up on every front all school districts are talking about it no matter what state you're in because it's really important to make sure that we are not only addressing the instructional needs of our students but making sure that they can learn in a safe and nurturing environment as well so i, I have looked at some sessions that uh, that they have outlined regarding safety Um, Another thing, of course, is always going to be funding. Texas is not the only state where funding is, is a concern. We all have those concerns and it's really great in a sad sort of way but to be able to go to ASBO and talk to our peers from other states to deter, to uh, assess how their funding system compares to Texas and that's that's always a very enlightening part of the ASBO conference and I I look forward to it uh each year and but But this year, it'll be a slightly different light because typically in the past, it's been the funding that has highlighted everything. But now I definitely think that safety is the biggest topic of interest.
1: And don't you think also staffing? Oh, yes. Staffing. I forgot about that. Whether it be a bus driver or a teacher or a CFO. I mean, it's just getting harder and harder to fill our positions. Yes, and you know,
2: I'm looking back over the years, I, I cannot recall a time where we've been this hard pressed to find every aspect of our team members. You know, we've we've had shortages in teachers before or short shortages in bus drivers, or but now it seems like in every area, just trying to hire a plumber, a mechanic we are so hard pressed to find to find employees on every end so i do i have seen some communication about that and i do think that's also going to be a very hot topic
1: Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think we have to change the dialogue at the national state level. Education is a great thing and public schools are the backbone of the community and of our future. And we've got to change the conversation so that it becomes that respected profession. Uh, And people are, there was a time when people flocked to our doors to work for us, but it's getting harder and harder. It is definitely. And I I remember, I, I, I stop and I think about,
2: people I know who started in the classroom, right? They may have started as an aide or a teacher, or they started in a clerical position and they worked their way up. And when I think about how we cannot, or we're challenged to fill those type positions, I'm thinking that our pipeline is just really contracting. It's getting smaller and smaller. So it's important to make sure that we are leaning on each other and trying to find ways that we can collectively make public education attractive.
1: Absolutely. And I know that uh, in Pflugerville, you got a fair amount of what's called ESSER funding, uh, but that's going away. And can you talk a little bit about the ESSER cliff and how, I mean, it's a nationwide deal. It's not just unique to Texas.
2: Oh, no, it is definitely not unique to Texas. And I, I think Karen Smith is actually presenting a, a session on ESSER at ASBO. Uh, and we're all faced with that, right? Because ESSER infused so much money into the system, uh, some additional, but definitely money that we have received with a purpose. Mm-hmm. A lot of us were challenged to continue to make our budgets work without that ESSER mm-hmm. money, because we put a lot of our positions in ESSER mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just to be able to meet the demands of COVID, to give raises, to even be able to purchase simple supplies or those things that have increased in costs. And for the districts like, like mine, where our enrollment did not or has declined or we have not grown, that means that our state and local dollars are not increasing. And as a matter of fact, decreasing um, because of our increased property values. But with the ESSER money, we're going to hit that cliff. And what that cliff looks like and what it means for districts is that we have to start planning for what to do to subsidize the dollars that we're going to be losing, uh, and when that money goes away, all of those physicians, all of those extra services, those extra supplies and materials, we probably will not be able to support or to continue to fund. So the Esser Cliff is real, and it's going to be very difficult for a lot of us to uh, overcome.
0: So at slugerville IST, you do have a, a bond package up for vote in November, and part of that includes but part of that includes school safety and security upgrades. Uh, Tell us about that and about how districts around Texas and across the country, uh, what they're doing and what they need to do to uh, accommodate uh, for increased security.
2: Yeah. um, Like I previously mentioned, security is definitely a hot topic. We are challenged with the fact that it looks, it's going to look a little different. And with that, it means that we are going to have to pivot and make sure that we are continuing to address the concerns that come up because each day it feels like there are new concerns, right? Uh, we are looking at you know, going to check doors, just going to a door and pull on a door. And if it opens, that's something that we have to address. I don't think we've ever done anything like that before. But with the bond, we are trying to ask our voters to allow us to enhance the security, improve our, for instance, our vestibules, making sure that we have a proper barrier, uh, whether it's interior or exterior or the proper barriers in place to protect our students and our staff. Uh, We're also looking at the bond, trying to be proactive as well as creative with some of our safety measures Uh, Just something as simple as improving and updating our badge readers to make sure that we have the ability to be able to disable badges when we need to and with uh, with the click of a button and uh, so the bond will allow us to go a little bit further than we have been able to do in the past. I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the school safety allotment, I believe is $9 and 72 cents. And Tracy, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's nine something. It's nine something. And that doesn't
1: go very far. Does
2: not go very far, especially when you have an in-house police department and we have our own SROs. But uh, the safety is, it has a different face and it also has a different feel. That we're all trying to adapt to.
0: So it it kind of all comes together into a lot of different uh, concerns and issues because you're talking about staffing, but and security, but also you know part of it is also uh, wellness, also and and also for just both for students and teachers. But is what's what's the future for getting enough? Counselors and making sure that they're uh, have the resources to do their job, and there's enough of them.
2: I'm glad you you mentioned that, Tom, because a big part of safety is our student and staff mental wellness, because uh, we are looking at look we're looking at how we can provide additional support in those arenas, whether it's additional counselors or social workers or some other programs that we can implement to address the feelings of being unsafe uh, and the perceived environment. Uh, the, unfortunately, in a bond, we can't implement those type programs. So what we're having to do is either use our current m and dollars or back to the ESSER. Uh, and use ESSER dollars, but again, the cliff is going to to come around. We are also trying to really tout our EAP program, which we believe can help with on the on the mental side and the mental wellness side, because that is a big part of, of safety.
0: And, and I think that's a, a secret weapon for public education, in that the there's possibility. Of a work-life balance in public education, as opposed to the uh, tech industry where they're working people around the clock. Uh, So you know there there is benefits for working in a school district.
1: No, totally. Plus, there's that intrinsic value. I mean, I've always said our stock options are our children and how and their success. And again, they're our future. And to me, building that building block of future is what we're all about.
0: And it's a community. Everybody's interconnected. They care about what they're doing. People really like their own schools. When they have kids okay. in it, they they usually think they're doing great.
1: Actually, yeah. Parents almost always rank their local public schools very high. And, um, you know, in the community of employees within the school district and the community of school finance officials across the state, I mean, we all just... That's not true to every industry, how we all work together.
2: Well, and I'm glad that you also mentioned that, Tracy, because one of the things that we have to think about as we're talking about these safety measures is we still want to make our schools feel uh, inviting and welcoming. We don't want our students to feel like they are in a prison With, you know, all of the wires and fences and, and, you know, all of those things. Uh, And then we want our families to also feel welcome, but we have to balance, we have to find that happy balance where we are taking the appropriate safety measures, but also maintaining a feel, a feeling of community.
0: That's ex- excellent. And a lot of these issues are going to be addressed at our academies this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, October 26th, 27th is one of the academies, accounting and finance. And then on the 27th and 28th, we have the School Operations Conference in Frisco. And safety and security is going to be a big topic there.
1: Absolutely. We brought safety and security into it. We brought transportation into it. Uh, And, of course, maintenance and operations. Um, It's actually my favorite, one of my favorite meetings of the year. Uh, These are great people who have great ideas. And uh, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for both upper level and mid-level M&O type folks to come. Um, It's also an opportunity to bring your lead plumber that you see some potential for growth in bring them to this conference, particularly if you're in the DFW area, uh, and allow them to grow as a professional.
0: Well, that's going to be necessary because to promote from within is going to be so important. And it's something that I know at TASPO, we put a lot into leadership development and also subject matter um, development. So we've combined them into different programs, including the mentoring program. So there is a a uh, facilities mentoring program, which is, uh, we hate to say free because it is part of your membership dues, but it is a benefit of being a member is you can be part of these, all these different great mentoring programs.
2: Absolutely. And I will just say that the training that TASBO provides is top notch. There is a reason why we are the trusted resource and Every training session that I've taken part in has lived up to that. And I just I advise anyone who feels or who 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 feels like they can benefit from these t- sessions to just try one. Just try it and see what you can learn and, and take away from it.
0: Excellent. And in talking about the, the new people in the profession, um this last month or so i've been putting out uh interviews with our rise award winners from the 2022 year and where we we first honored them at the annual conference but you'll be seeing uh the seven winners their video profiles uh right now leading up to the deadline for uh secure nominations for next year's rise award winners
1: and now that's so exciting uh, we uh the past president chairs the RISE Award Committee uh, and schedules a series of interviews with each of these young folks. And I say young folks, is people have been in the industry for 10 years or less. And the excitement and the enthusiasm is contagious. I wish that others could hear the interviews and, and the great uh, things that they're doing in their own district. And, and I know there's a great, there is a future a cohort of leaders that were growing in TASBO that are going to I, I feel confident moving forward that TASBO will survive because of great people like the ones that have been nominated for the RISE Award. Um, nominations are still open. If you know someone, I'd encourage you uh, to send their name in. You can send it in directly to me and I'll I'll get them on the list and uh we will uh, go through a process uh, and find next year's people to uh, recognize. And I've had the pleasure
2: of working with two rising yeah. members, yeah, she's... recipients. Yes, and they've done a, a great job. And the one thing that I I've seen in both of them is their desire to do great things for in school business for our kids as well as with TASBO. Both of them are. Great contributors to TASBO. And the one thing that each of them have told me is that they learn so much by
1: giving back to TASBO. Absolutely. No, that's how I learned. I, I can tell you all the mentors before me, and I could tell you the people that I've mentored and watched grow. One of them sitting here on the podcast with us. So thanks, Tracy.
0: <laughs> There's also a commitment to excellence um, for people that have achieved the highest level at Taspo.
1: Correct. They, they've had a long history of volunteerism with FASBO and in their district and in the community uh, around them. And so we honor one individuals every year as the Commitment to Excellence uh, designee. And we also uh, honor two additional individuals, kind of as uh, finalists or recipients as well. Uh, last year's nominee, Jonathan Bay, was uh, our honoree, at Jonathan Bay. Oh, I don't know, Jennifer, can you think of anybody better than I isn't he great?
2: <laughs> oh Jonathan uh, really, he epitomizes the commitment to excellence and what we mean by that when we say that in regards to TASBO, what he's done throughout his career, which is his second career, right? School business Absolutely. career, yeah, which is so impressive, and he jumped right in and i i kept I keep thinking that you know what if we had a rising star award. Uh, the Rise Award back when Jonathan started in the profession, he would have received that too. So, oh, I'm, absolutely, absolutely I'm forward to uh, seeing our our Rise Award nominees and and winners grow to one day be a Commitment to Excellence recipient because uh, the the award just it it wraps it. Well, I don't want to say wraps up, but it really pinpoints what uh, a, a an individual look would give to TASBO. And it, it's a culmination of everything that they've done with TASBO and their district. And it's a really good accent to a career.
1: I know that there are people out in the audience when that uh, recipient is speaking that think to themselves, or I hope there are, that think to themselves, I want to be that one day. I know I was one of those that sat in the audience and thought, I'm going to do that one day.